This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Barbados's Prime Minister Motley on 2022 time list of world's most influential people. Colombia new major non-NATO ally. Jamaica says Russian firm Rusal making consistent payments on tax bill. Trinidad and Tobago's Petrotrine can be made available to refining Guyana's oil, says TNT Prime Minister Rowley. Peru sues oil company for 45 5 billion U.S. dollars, over 12,000 barrels of spilled crude, and U.S. Virgin Islands Frenchman's Reef Hotel reopening this fall after long hiatus. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, May 24th. We start our report today in Barbados. Barbados Today reports that Prime Minister Mia Motley has been listed among the 100 most influential people in the 2022 Time 100, the annual list of the 100 most influential people in the world. In a Time article written by Director General of the World Trade Organization, Okonjo Iwila, Motley has been described as bold, fearless, and possessing a great intellect and wit. The Prime Minister is a brilliant politician who knows how to shake things up. Okonjo Iwila highlighted Motley's riveting speeches at the COP26 in Glasgow late last year when she chided the world leaders for not working more diligently to limit the potential catastrophic impacts of climate change. Motley's work as chair of the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund's Development Committee, where she reminded the world's finance gurus that the level of a country's per capita income may not always be the best measure of its wealth. Okonjo Iwila also lauded Prime Minister Motley as a Barbadian icon. She said the Prime Minister strides boldly on the world stage. She is an embodiment of our conscious, reminding us to all treat the planet and therefore one another with love, dignity, and care. Voice of America reports that the United States said Monday it was looking for ways to represent the people of Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua in a summit next month following threats to boycott over their government's exclusion. The June 6-10th Summit of the Americas to be held in Los Angeles, California, is part of President Joe Biden's effort to promote democracy and tackle immigration and climate change in Latin America and the Caribbean. U.S. officials said that they've reached out formally last week to other nations to attend and that further invitations could come. We are still evaluating options on how to best incorporate the voices of Cubans, Venezuelans, and Nicaraguan people into the summit process, an administration official said. Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador has threatened to boycott the summit if the United States does not invite all countries. Since then, the the leaders of Argentina, Bolivia, Honduras, and the 14-nation bloc of Caribbean states have also put their participation in doubt, while Chile has joined calls for the widest possible participation. HaitiNews.net via Reuters reports that U.S. President Joe Biden signed a memorandum on Monday designating Colombia as a major non-NATO ally of the United States. This special status will grant Colombia multiple defense and trade privileges in relations with the United States. 
Although the Biden administration made a pledge to grant the special status to Colombia back in March, the official declaration comes only now, coinciding with the South American country's offer of military aid to Ukraine. Earlier on Monday, Colombian Defense Minister Diego Molano announced that a group of his country's troops would help train Ukrainian soldiers in demining techniques following a request from Washington, D.C. The major non-NATO ally status has been granted to 19 nations around the world, recently including Qatar. It provides U.S. partners with economic privileges such as loans, corporate research, and exclusive defense contracts with NATO countries. The status, however, does not provide any defense guarantees to the designated countries. Sinkitz Nevis Observer via Reuters reports that Russian alumna giant Rusal has been making steady payments to Jamaica as a part of a 2021 agreement to pay back production taxes it owes to the government of Jamaica, according to Jamaican Transport and Mining Minister Audley Shaw. Rusal has paid about 45% so far of a 35 million bauxite production levy that it owes. As a part of the 2021 agreement, Rusal paid the government of Jamaica 40% of the debt upfront last year and then agreed to make 30 monthly payments starting in November 2021. They have been honoring this agreement, Shaw said. Russia's March invasion of Ukraine, which Russia terms a special military operation, fueled a range of international sanctions against Moscow and Russian-based companies. Rusal is not under sanctions by Jamaica or the United States, but the company has warned that Western sanctions on Moscow may complicate its international projects. Rusal, the world's largest alumna producer outside of China, runs a bauxite and alumna production complex in Jamaica via its subsidiary, Windalco. Crider News reports that Trinidad and Tobago's Prime Minister, Dr. Keith Rowley, one of Guyana's closest Caribbean community CARICOM oil-producing nations, has publicly confirmed that once the lease or sale agreement currently taking place with regards to its petroleum refinery, Petrotrine, is finalized that the facility can be made available to process Guyana's oil if the country is interested. Trinidad and Tobago's Prime Minister made the announcement following his visit to Guyana for an agri-investment conference. Recalling the reasons for closure of Petrotrine, Dr. Rowley pointed out to the inadequate supply of oil to be sourced locally, which led to that country resorting to import as much as 120,000 barrels of oil daily in order to keep the refinery open. This, he said, came at a loss to the country. Under that arrangement, Trinidad and Tobago was losing as much as 15 U.S. dollars on each barrel imported. So in that situation, we closed the refining operations of our involvement in the oil business. And we always said, as we have just done, if there is anybody who has a supply of oil or who can access a supply of oil and such person or entity would like to use the refinery, we can make an arrangement. It was in this vein that the Prime Minister confirmed that if Guyana has oil and Guyana is interested with someone 
who we have selected here or are selecting, then those conversations should take place. He did express confidence that the conversations regarding the refining of Guyana's oil will evolve. In other regional oil-related news, Crider News reports that more than Four months after the disastrous oil spill in Peru, the Peruvian authorities have sued Spanish oil giant Repsol for a total of 4.5 billion U.S. dollars for the environmental disaster. On January 15, approximately 12,000 barrels of crude was spilled from one of the Lampampila refineries, which is owned by Repsol, off the coast of Lima, Peru. The spill was reportedly caused by shockwaves from an undersea volcanic eruption near Tonga in the South Pacific Ocean. Repsol Chief Executive Officer Josh John Imaz has announced that the cleanup and remediation of the spill crude is expected to cost some 65 million U.S. dollars. However, Crider News understands that the process in the lawsuit that was filed against the oil giant allows an abstract valuation of 3 billion U.S. dollars for damages caused by the spill. And 1.5 billion U.S. dollars for the non-material damage to consumers, users, and third parties. Following the devastating oil spill, several Peruvian officials had called for the oil company to offer compensation for the disaster. It was reported that since a legal process for compensation to the affected families would take a long time, the government of Peru had gotten the oil giant to sign an advanced compensation agreement. In order to provide adequate aid for citizens, the Peruvian government had ordered the oil giant to pay an additional sum of 700 U.S. dollars compensation to each citizen affected by the spill. Crider News reports that while government of Peru continues to take action to protect its people and its environment, Guyana, in contrast, continues to give American oil giant ExxonMobil permission to operate without a guarantee that it would cover the cost for any oil spill that surpasses the capacity of its subsidiaries to pay. And that notably among the oil companies working in Guyana's backyard is the very oil company Repsol that caused the oil spill in Peru. Sinkitz and Nevis Observer reports that Trinidad and Tobago Prime Minister Dr. Keith Rowley has announced that Trinidad and Tobago has been chosen to receive funding from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which he described as not significant. Dr. Rowley made the announcement at a news conference on his return to Trinidad and Tobago from Guyana. I spoke to the Secretary General of the United Nations, who has identified us for that gift, we will accept and put to good use in Trinidad and Tobago, Dr. Rowley said. Dr. Rowley, however, did not expound on what qualified Trinidad and Tobago for the funds and what the amount of it would be. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation works to help people lead healthy, productive lives, and particularly in developing countries. The Prime Minister also announced that the month of June will be a very busy month for Trinidad and Tobago and CARICOM internationally. He said he has made a decision to attend the Summit of the Americas in Los Angeles, California, from June 6 to June 10, and that the majority of CARICOM members will attend. CARICOM 
Trump has objected to the United States position towards Cuba, but Dr. Rowley said that with the U.S. making some concessions, it was felt that CARICOM needed to attend to address issues that are important to the region. And finally, the Virgin Islands Consortium reports that Ambridge Hospitality announced that it will open two new resorts at Frenchman's Reef in St. Thomas as a part of an extensive $350 million rebuild project on the property. According to the release, the two resorts, including the Weston Beach Resort and Spa at Frenchman's Reef and the Seabourne at Frenchman's Reef, autograph collection are expected to open in the fall of 2022. Ambridge Hospitality said it will manage the two properties as a part of a franchise agreement with Marriott International Brands. According to the release, the team expressed excitement to bring back the Frenchman's Reef charm to the U.S. Virgin Islands. The Westin Beach Resort and Spa will offer 392 rooms, including 28 suites, with mostly accommodations offering sweeping ocean views. Amenities will include six restaurants and lounges inspired by the destination, three ocean view pools, a heavenly spa by Westin, retail shop outlets, and a 72,000 square foot of meeting and event space. Set along Along a quarter-mile stretch of beach, the Seabourn will offer a more secluded stay experience with 94 guest rooms, including two suites. The resort will showcase an additional four destination-inspired open-air restaurants and lounges, an affinity-edge ocean pool with a swim-up bar, health club, and 13,000 square feet of meeting and event space. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, May 24th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.